Episode 5 of Guns, Guitars, and Barbells, Two Tools Talking About Three Tools. I'm Josh Thompson. And I'm Colton Romero. Today we're with Aaron Seibrandt, a fellow friend of mine that comes to the gym with me. Uh, he's a gun enthusiast, so we're about to learn a thing or two. Stand on the box, stomp your feet, start clapping, got a real good feeling, so I'm about Yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> that is an M1 Grand, right, Aaron? Yeah. M1 Grand. Yep. 19, 1944 Springfield Armory M1 Grand. Probably saw service in World War II. Um, America's first battle rifle. Uh, General George S. Patton said that this rifle was the greatest battle instrument ever devised. And I would say that he's correct. Fires a full rifle length cartridge, of course, the 30 6 Mark II cartridge. Um, oh 150 God. grains of pure Jeez. Nazi and commie killing power. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Dude. That <laughs> was like a foreign language to me, bro. I'm not going to lie. That was insane. So you have this uh, knife looking thing here with it. It's a little bayonet, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, you just have you ever stabbed anyone with it? No, I haven't stabbed Not anyone, yet. but <laughs> Not I, yet. I mean I can't I can't say that the bayonet itself hasn't been used to stab someone. Um, it's actually an original bayonet for the rifle itself. This oh, rifle, sweet. this bayonet came out of Ethiopia, so essentially at the end of World War Two, the United States was like, Hey, we got all these guns. Wouldn't it be cool if you guys had guns too? And gave foreign aid to all these countries and gave them a bunch of crap which most of it honestly got destroyed, but a few caches survived, and that's why I have. That's why I have a uh, U.S. manufactured by I think it's Utica Cutlery Dang, um, bayonet that actually saw service in World War II. These are kind of hard to find. So it found its way back to America. Yep. It was yeah, in a, it, that's, that's, that's pretty sick. That reminds me of how we get foreign aid to Afghanistan. Oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We help them out, you know, a lot with their out, weapons, and, and then we leave. Yeah, I mean, you see all But, you know, <laughs> you know it's fine, whatever. Would you say this is, like, your favorite gun that you own? Or, because I know you have a lot, dude. I've seen your collection. The thing is huge. I, I have a few toys, you know. Um, I Tell us it, about your toys. <laughs> it's, it's honestly difficult to pick a favorite because, like, where I stand as an enthusiast, collector, whatever you want to say, I, I love the historical aspect of fire. So, my first gun, I mean, it was just a standard Mossberg 702 Plinkster 22 rifle. But then I got a Remington 870 shotgun after that. However, the thing that really, like, got me into military firearm collecting and stuff like that was when, um, for, for Christmas, I can't remember what year it was, but it's back in the day when you used to be able to pick up a Mosin Nagant rifle for... 180 bucks at Cabela's along with 440 rounds for 70 80 bucks. I got one of those for Christmas and I was like a kid I was like a kid in a candy shop, but in this case it was a young man in a gun shop because that really cemented my love for military surplus rifles and Dang firearms man. and ammunition everything like that and uh, military regalia. And I mean I don't, I don't just collect that. Um, I do delve off into like civilian firearms some. I've had like 1893 Marlin lever action rifle, 
um, some early pistols, a couple Winchesters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. But where I always seem to come back is like the military cartridge stuff, just because. I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting to see how from like 1900 until 1950 you saw such a massive evolution in the change um, in the engineering, the materials, and like the thought work that went into uh, essentially waging war. How did you come across all this knowledge, bro? Like, how do you know so much? This is insane. I, I like to think that I'm a sponge of useless information. <laughs> I mean, a lot of it comes <laughs> That's how I feel. You know, when I was little, I really, I don't know. I had I had different interests than, than a lot of other people, I guess I'll say. Like, yeah. I, like when I was 10 so years old. So you're the old, weirdo. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you can call it what you want. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with stuff that's fun you know yeah. I mean when I was like 10 I was a Civil War buff you know I was fascinated with American Civil War and Dang. and uh, like in the early days we still had dial up internet and I'd be looking on like those uh, reenactor websites and looking at like the, the muskets they could buy there like pattern 1861 Springfield rifles 1863 Richmond rifles like I mean one of the things that I always wanted and I still like to get would be a Lamat revolver which it's a percussion revolver that has a it's nine shot revolver and in the middle there's a shotgun barrel what so the cylinder revolves around a shotgun barrel so if someone's like oh no he shot all nine shots well he's in for a surprise you know I mean, that it's kind of neat and the confederacy <laughs> used a lot of those but that's funny dang dude wow that's insane the first military gun or i guess i'll say the first gun that i bought um, tech, legally, it's not considered a firearm. It's a pre-1898 manufactured gun. Um, International Military Antiques used to have some really affordable Martini Henry rifles. These were rifles that they used in the colonization, the colonization of Africa, um, and uh, like keeping things going in Australia and etc. I mean, it's a breech-loading rifle, a rifle that fires 577 by 450 Martini Henry, a 485 grain bullet with 85 grains of powder backing it up. And if you go on IMA, even today, you can just buy one of those suckers because most of them were made prior to 1898, which in federal law is considered to be an antique and mm. you can have it shipped to your door. I remember I, you telling me one day, if it's an antique, if it's considered an antique, you don't need like certain documentation nope. to buy it. Like you can just buy it. That's right. fair. I've never heard of a mass shooting with like a yeah, M1 Grand or... Right, right. I mean, that's true. That's true. Yeah, this is an M1 Grand, but the one that I ordered was a Martini Henry, and this is when I was still living at home, and my parents didn't even know it was showing up. And I mean, it's the old saying: it's better to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. And so this thing arrived at the door, and my mom is like, "What's that?" I was like, "Oh, this is my rifle," and she would tell her friends, "It's like, yeah, Aaron ordered a gun offline." <laughs> and it just showed up to the house and I mean I was my dad would have me show it to people you know because it was it's such an interesting part of history um, like many people I mean you guys don't know about it but a lot of people wouldn't know about it except for like popular culture and like contemporary movies like like if you think about an M1 Garand or something like that that's a rifle that saw service in World War II and you think about World War II well a lot of the way that we see history is through like popular culture today, like films. 
you yeah. know, you've seen Saving Private Ryan, I yeah, guess, mm-hmm. of course. Him storming the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, Normandy carrying Emlyn Garand's, or Garand is actually the true term of how it's pronounced. Um, M1A1 Thompson submachine guns, BARs, uh, Bangalore torpedoes, everything along the like. And I mean, seeing those films when I was younger really helped cement my interest in, like, I guess I'll say firearms itself and military as a whole. Wow, dude. So you're, okay, you're a huge gun enthusiast, but there's more than just guns in your life. Like, what else are you interested in? What else do you do? Well, I. I just find everything, like, I, I'm kind of interested in everything, to be honest. So... Well, yeah, don't you have 13 tractors? Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, I, do, own, I do own I do own tractors. I, I, I guess it's hereditary. I like mechanical things. Oh, and okay. firearms just so happen to be mechanical. I mean, you can take... You can take a car from today and look at it, and then you can take a car from, like, 1930... And look at that and see how far we've come evolution-wise, like in our engineering abilities, like what we discovered um, with our materials and uh, manufacturing processes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, a lot of that carries over to like military stuff. I mean, for instance, in World War I, people were trying to fight the last war. They always say that, you know, like if you go into a war, you're fighting the last war you fought with like the same tactics. Well... If you're fighting a war with the same tactics that you fought a war with 30 years ago, but this time you have machine guns and heavy artillery, well, there's going to be a lot of casualties. And yeah. so you see like a development of tactics through that. So you don't have people charging across open fields, just absolutely massacring each other. Mm-hmm. Well, you did for a little bit, but then people are like, holy crap, we need to dig trenches. That's a good point. And so they dug trenches because the machine gun was something that was really scary. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I mean, they just weren't ready for it. I mean, that's why they called World War One the war to end all wars. It's just kind of a mosh pit of technology and old world colliding with new world. Jeez, man. Holy cow. So you, so in your opinion, technology has basically changed the world completely, especially yeah. in military, like you said, changing tactics and everything. So I guess, yeah, I, I think most people know that throughout time, military tactics have obviously changed. But I've never looked at it as because of technology. That's why it's changed. Well, so I've just figured we've gotten more efficient and smarter. With well, the way we've done it. I mean, when you look at things, so during the developmental history of like modern firearms that we know of, I guess I'll say, um, early on in like World War One, basically every army was issued with bolt-action rifles. Mm-hmm. Um, they were cheap, they were easy to manufacture, and reliable. That was a big thing, because the ammunition at the time was not always quite as reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had uh, engineers and inventors like uh, Hiram Maxim and John Browning, they came along and developed efficient, oh, and Hotchkiss as well, they developed efficient designs, like earlier designs for machine guns that, to some degree, we're still building off of today. For instance, you take the Browning machine gun in, well, when we were in Afghanistan and Iraq and stuff like that, we were using the M2 Browning. The M2 Browning design dates back to like the period between World War One and World War II. Oh it's basically an upscale version of the Browning 30 caliber. And if you think of the, cal- the cartridge that a 50 cal shoots, 50 BMG, 50 BMG is short for Browning machine gun. So, I mean, that goes to show how much history factors into it. Wow. Dude. 
<laughs> you know, I'm just like. Do you do a lot of research, <clears throat> like, uh, online? I'd say, like, to me, it's not research. I mean, I I always love learning new things. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. knowledge is power. I guess I'll say. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I agree. I watch a lot of like YouTube videos and look at a lot of forums just about mm-hmm. historical stuff. Um, Ian McCollum from Forgotten Weapons, he does some great videos into obscure pieces of military history, um, and he explains the mechanics of it and stuff like that too. Like, I mean, I have. I've had I've seen schematics for a lot of the earlier firearms designs, and I mean it's intriguing to see how far we've come, and like how doctrine, yeah, doctrine and uh, procedure, military tactics has influenced the designs that we went through. For instance, in World War One and World War Two, the thing, main thing that people were looking for, they wanted, you know, an automatic rifle that would fire a full-length military cartridge. For the U.S., it was the BAR. Um, the Browning automatic rifle. That rifle was essentially a squad-like machine gun. I mean, it was a magazine-fed rifle. I mean, it didn't have necessarily the continuous fire, but it was developed at the end of World War One, essentially for World War One, and they carried it over to World War Two. And so you saw all these designs like being carried over to the next war, and then people found out, well, that doesn't work out quite so well, and then. Of course, like the Germans, they were the first ones to develop the concept of the universal machine gun, a machine gun that would fit any role and environment with the MG34. Um, it was a light machine gun, could work on vehicles, emplacements, everything else. Um, and they were actually the first ones as well to develop the concept that, or truly refine, I guess I will say, the concept of an assault rifle, a rifle that fires an intermediate cartridge, 7.92 by 33, or 7, 8 millimeter Kurtz is what it was referred to. Um, and that cartridge really revolutionary, or like revolutionized warfare as we know it. Okay. <clears throat> so we have reached a portion of our podcast where we do rapid fire questions. Yeah, me and Josh <laughs> yeah. came up with some rapid fire okay, questions. Well, you got to answer. This is <laughs> wait. What the heck? I gave, I gave it's my unfiltered. You gotta I, go for it, man. Uh, I gave. You my, gotta go for it in three, wait, wait, two, no. one. I, I want to preface this by saying that I gave my phone to Josh. He had some. I added some good ones. What the hell, man, dude? What? I don't know about. There's some good ones. Well, okay, yeah. Yeah. And so just answer. We don't know. Answer quickly and I don't know. you know, Beatles or Stones. Beatles or Stones. Yep. Beatles or Stones. Beatles. Yeah, of course, I agree. It. Yeah, I agree. Nah, I agree. I mean, you can't I agree. Know. You don't know anything about music, Josh. Beatles, squatter man. De- squatter deadlift. Squatter deadlift? Deadlift. Girls or guys? Girls! What the <laughs> 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 now, now, if we're talking, yeah. now, if we're talking about who we'd rather watch squatter deadlift, I'd rather watch girls squat. Oh, I was going to say, it should be... Around, man. Girls or guys? What? Do you no, like I, girls I, or guys? I like girls. That was my first answer. <laughs> You're not for the boys? Wait, wait, wait. Boys? Which angle are you watching them deadlift from? The right angle. <laughs> God. Depends, right? I hope uh, girls in your lifting group don't listen to this. That guy's a creep. That guy's a creep. Whatever. That's right, a good right. question. All right. That, that was. I didn't. I saw that. I'm like, I don't I You questioned it. It's fine. All right. Now. I think I knew what he was going to say. Plowing ahead. Which war had the most interesting guns? Which war? Oh, that is, that's a good question. I want to say... It's rapid fire. To happen. It's right. You got to hurry, uh, man. Fuck. 
there right now it's explicit. Hey, it's explicit. <laughs> I, I'm honestly gonna say World War One. Okay. okay. All right. Cool. Shorts or jeans? Jeans. That was yep. a dumb question, Josh. All right. Dude, wait, 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 I'm wearing jeans. Firing, right? ra- firing range or Call of Duty? <laughs> you mean like shooting range? Yeah. Like would or I rather... call it or play Call of Duty? Your choice. Shooting range. Uh, well, that, I do that like big surprise there. Yeah. Yeah. See, he likes Apple Call or Duty. Android. Apple. <laughs> yes. I like how he's I thought, looking at me like. <laughs> I thought for sure. I don't think anyone knows as much about guns as you, and is an Apple yeah. guy. Dude, I, Dude, I have yeah. like I have an iPhone. What is this like an iPhone? 12 Let me see Pro. Let me see it. Twelve Pro. Yeah, yeah we have iPhone, the same one. I, mine's better though. I have more memory. Mine's 128. Mine's 256. You really, you can't win. Or you're either, if you have an Android, you'll get berated by like college girls. It's so weird. What is that? And then, <laughs> the, and then if I go home, my older relatives, they think I'm a communist for having Apple. Um, oh, hell, you're, it's a, rapid you're fire. a capitalist because you're contributing it's to rapid fire. Apple's monopoly. Hell. I know, I'm sorry. Jeez, I'm you're sorry. so slow. Uh, question, question. <laughs> Favorite military movie? Saving Private Ryan. Okay, that's a good one. Favorite military game? Oh, dude. Here's a general. Okay. Favorite season? Favorite season? Mm-hmm. Like fall, winter yeah. stuff? Summer. Summer. Yeah. He's a summer guy. Sun's out, guns out. <laughs> Metallica or ACDC? ACDC. Okay, I like it, dude. Very nice. Well, you passed kind Very of. Very nice. It was like. Mid rapid fire, I oh, guess. Oh hell, I'm gonna pass anyway. I'm the one holding the bayonet. So you sure yeah. girls or guys? You like girls? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's not okay. for the boys. Anyway. What, what kind of gay <laughs> question is that, Josh? <laughs> Do you like girls or guys, Josh? I'm a big girls kind of guy. That's what someone that liked guys would say. You said that. So I'm the one with the bayonet. So what? <laughs> yeah, you're the one with the gun over there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just chilling. I better I'm get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Agree with oh. the guy holding the gun and knife. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. That's, honestly, that's how the that's how this world should be ran. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of. So I heard you say uh, assault rifle earlier. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of like military right wing whole family kind yeah. of deal. So yeah, and they don't like that term. No. What do you think about that? Is that like? Is that controversial or no? That that no offense, but that's that's kind of not, I'm not gonna call it BS, but it, it's BS depending on what circumstance you take it. The like okay, the rifle I was talking about the the STG 44, um, the Sturmgewehr 44. Uh, it's it's literally translates to storm rifle. That actually 44. was in English. Yeah, that was that's how the Germans said 44. Oh, um, that rifle was. Well, I mean, it was a propaganda tool. First off, they called it the storm rifle. If we have the storm rifle, we're going to win World War II. Well, they got their asses handed to it. That's that goes to show. But, no, it was, a, it was a, a rifle that fired an intermediate cartridge that was select fire. It would be, it could be semi, I believe, I believe it was select fire. I'm pretty sure. I can't recall. But, anyway, it was, it was fully automatic. And it fed from 30-round detachable magazines, not clips, and I mean, it was just meant to be the war-winning, uh, war-winning uh, wonder weapon that the Germans came up with. And I mean, it was effective; it was very effective. However, it uh, it did have a few design flaws. The buttstock would break off all the time, stuff like that. Not something you don't want to have happen in a rifle. Um, but it was too little, too late to really make 
like a, a war-winning impact on the war for the Nazis. Mm. But after the war, the Russians, like I mean, they had came up with the design like that fired an intermediate cartridge, you know, 7.62 by 39. They came up with the SKS. That was kind of uh, their solution, you know, because they had all these Mosin Nagant or Mosin Nagant uh, rifles that were fired that chambered uh, 7.62 by 54R, a full-length military cartridge. But they wanted something else because they also had a whole bunch of submachine guns, the PPS-43, PPSH-41, um, stuff like that, you know, stuff that's become popular in video games. But that cartridge that they developed, um, which did take, to some degree, some inspiration from 8mm Kurtz, um, Kalashnikov really changed the game with rifles, and he did come up with the design for an assault rifle. And a lot of people say that the AK-47, which was developed by Kalashnikov, was a direct copy of the SDG-44, which is false because they have two different engineering aspects on them. The AK-47 has a rotating bolt that locks into battery. I mean, to some degree, it's, it's more similar to an AR-15 or an M16, um, M4, etc., than it is the SGG-44 because the SGG-44 had a tilting block design more akin to something like a ZB-30 or a Bren, which were light machine guns uh, fielded by the Czechoslovakians and the English army, respectively. So what I deem to be an assault rifle is a rifle that fires, of course I've said it enough times, an intermediate rifle cartridge and is select fire. <coughs> Now, what that, where that garners contention is when people call an AR-15 an assault rifle. An AR-15 is the civilian version or civilian copy of the M16 or the M4. However, the AR-15 is not an assault rifle because it is not select fire. Dude. I mean, wow. it, 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 you can make it. You, I mean, you can. I need you. You can like slap a an M16 lower onto Gosh. like an AR15 upper and make it work, but it's still going to be an M16. Like, I mean, you can do all sorts of legal shit too, but that that's not the point. The M the AR15 was built as like a sporting purpose rifle for the civilian market, like the mark uh, as a sporting purpose rifle for the civilian market. Not like a like a full auto rifle or a select fire rifle like the M16 was. Heck, the M16 originally had three round bursts, um, but they they eventually like modified it to the evolutionary chain. Um, like we still have like M4 derivatives in service in the U.S. Army today, but we don't have AR-15s. You know, saying that the AR-15 is a weapon of war is horrible and I mean it mostly comes down to looks anyway like what the media portrays like for instance the M1 Garand that I have in my hands right now I mean you look at that it's it's a walnut stocked gun it looks like something my grandpa would have yeah right <clears throat> but this yeah. gun probably killed more people than any AR-15 has and like you said something about the media dude the media has so much influence on people's ideas of things every time I hear somebody call the AR-15 an assault rifle. I need you there. I need you there. Oh my god! The for Armalite, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like the nickname of the the M. Well, yeah, it's Armalite. The nickname of like the M16 and stuff 
um, during Vietnam was the Mattel toy because Mattel was a major toy manufacturer at the time and because there was made using like plastic and stuff people were like hey this thing's just like a toy but yeah I mean it it's re- that design has really transcended stuff or like transcended the sands of time but you can actually look at the AR-15 I mean it was I think it was originally developed by Eugene Stoner um, and he took designs from previous guns so if you look at a, ni- a model 1941 Johnson light machine gun which was kind of an ill-fated light machine gun in service um, by the U.S. Army in World War II. It had essentially the same design of bolt head that the AR-15 does, but it was made 20 years earlier. This isn't stuff you learn in school, bro. No, I'm super like, curious, dude. Like you, oh wow, dude, you, where do you work? Menards. <laughs> you don't learn this stuff in Menards either. No, I just learned how to say big. You mic. sound like you should <laughs> be like a historian for the. NRA. Yeah, you need to work at like. Oh, I wouldn't work for that. Uh, why? Why don't you? Oh. Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, I. Not a fan. In my opinion, and that's how all good conversations start, is. I mean, <laughs> in my opinion, I mean, the National Riflemen's Association has been around since what the 1870s, and I mean they've done a lot to protect like firearm rights for individuals, but. Anymore, I feel like they're more so catering to companies. Mm. Because if they truly cared... Like big corporation? Essentially, yeah. yes. Um, like, I, I I just don't like them. I like, uh, what is it, uh, Gun Owners of America, GOA. Uh, oh, I think uh, they I cater it, yeah. a lot more to the individual gun owner, a lot more than the NRA does. Because, like, on stuff with bump stocks and things like that, the NRA was silent. Like, yeah. Because... I mean, you see, any legislation that's imposed against firearms usually does not, like, usually doesn't go away. Like, it's there. Like, they're like, well, just give us a little bit so that, you know, we can have something. Well, every, every, like, sliver that you chip away from, like, a, a block of concrete, for instance... Like, if you take a hammer and a chisel and you chisel away at a brick, that's, it's gone. You know, that's gone. That brick just keeps getting smaller, and that's, that's our firearms rights. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't want to, like, talk about too much about that because, like, I'm, I'm just in it for the I mean, historical not, aspects. Why not? But, Might as well learn about it, I guess. Well, I mean... You obviously, I think you have the knowledge to talk about it. <laughs> well, it takes a stupid man to realize, or, like, a wise man knows he doesn't know a lot, but a stupid man doesn't know so he's more willing to talk about it a lot more mm. do you want to like have any are you seeking out a career in firearms eventually yes I uh, I hope to eventually turn my hobby into a business of sorts I guess I'll say that'd be cool um, what's your major business administration there with emphasis in management there you go I also have a minor in media production um, and that encompasses video production, uh, audio, etc. So, Can you be our producer? Because uh, I'm tired of being. Jamie. <laughs> <You> wanna... <laughs> I'm really tired of being Jamie and Joe Rogan. If you want, you should. Well, you keep referring yourself cool. as them, dude. I'm because you're nothing like them, bro. I am. You're right. <laughs> I am a lot younger. If you're going to be Joe Rogan, and a lot you just better be, looking. You, I'm a lot better looking. That's for sure. No homo. 
<clears throat> See what I said, Josh? <laughs> I said <laughs> I, I said no homo. Uh, that makes it okay, that's, right? That's really cool. No, man, Aaron, you know so much about like almost anything, and I know that you, you know a lot about. I mean, you work at Menards. You work in the plumbing department, right? Yeah, you know a lot about that stuff too. I mean, yeah, I worked. I worked as a well driller for five years. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I had a lot of experience doing that stuff. Uh, Demet drilling. You know how to lay the pipe. Yeah. Never been down a dry hole in all my years drilling wells. <laughs> He's talking about like plumbing yeah. and stuff. Well drilling. Oh, I, like, I'm sure. Like that. I'm <laughs> sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's well drilling is the only job where you start at the top. Well, dude, that's a good point. Get that's it? a good point. You drill I, down. Yeah, you I get, get that? It. I get it. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's kind of slow time. Sometimes. He's blonde. Right. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I swear. All right. So no, dude, this is impressive. Like I've heard you go off on tangents before, but about guns, and I knew you were like well versed in the gun world. But wow. Well, are, are you? you uh, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Are you because obviously you work out here with Josh at Carney Cross, Carney CrossFit, and you also you know about as much about guns as it seems like you could possibly know um, <laughs> no there's always more guns work. guitars yeah, and barbells that. how about the guitar part are you like involved in any music or anything yeah I mean I actually do have a guitar that I can't play worth a damn but mm. um, I've been playing piano for you know since I well that would be about eight years now uh, eight years of playing the piano um I've also. I didn't know you could play. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I knew that. Never mind. I I'm, a, that. I'm a I'm a great pianist, um, but I've also been a trumpet player for. Oh, since I was like third grade, and so. Do you I've have a actually, trumpet? Yeah, I have a trumpet. But uh, I've actually like I've used. I mean, we're talking about music now, I guess. Yeah. Um, I've used music, you know, to afford me opportunities I wouldn't have else. Like otherwise, oh, for instance, in yeah. 2015, I went with the Nebraska Ambassadors of Music to Europe, traveled in seven countries, went to England, France, Italy, Luxembourg, Switzerland. Uh, that, that's only like five, but I can't remember the other two. What was it? it was England? France, it was a long time ago, man. Yeah. That's fine. And then memory I mean, I was there for two weeks. And, you know, got to see a lot of nice people, see a lot of history. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I, it, it's fun to me to see how things change throughout time. And, I mean, that encompasses music, programs, even, you know, physical fitness, everything like that. Um, and then two years ago, for St. Patrick's Day, I went with the UNK marching band to Dublin, Ireland to play there. And so we were going to march in the National St. Patrick's Day parade, but we missed our flight. So we just ended up marching in the like band aid parade or something like that in Limerick, and there's pictures of me there. That's kind of cool. That is cool. Um, Yeah, I mean, I play taps at military funerals. Really? Yeah. That's very cool. Wow, dude. (laughs) I mean, that's it's it's an honor to me, and I I I feel like a lot of people don't care about that stuff anymore. Yeah. No, there Um, isn't a lot of people. For instance, one of the gentlemen that was at a Memorial Day service that I played taps at. He said that where he was from, he couldn't even pay people to come play taps, like the high school students and stuff like that. And I mean, to me, like I, my father, he was drafted during Vietnam, went to Germany. Uh, my grandpa was a tech sergeant, World War II. He was in the European theater. My great-grandfather was a 
he was a like a private first class in the American Expeditionary Force in Europe during World War One, and when I went to Europe in 2015 with that music deal, my dad made the comment that I was the first first person in my family in recent history to go there without combat boots on. So. <laughs> but that's funny. Now wow. there's something I actually recently learned about Aaron not too long ago. Did you, you didn't know this probably, but his family owns a town basically dude no. really dude well we don't we don't own a town it's close well see it's like shit's greek <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a place. no like so back in the day my great great grandfather david oscar cybrant um he decided to leave pennsylvania and come to nebraska mm-hmm. and so he came by train and got off at the train at Newport, Nebraska, saw all that wonderful ground up there and thought, ah, that's too nice. Let's move 16 miles south. And so he went 16 miles south. And then I think the next year his family came with him. And his he had a lot of uh, children. Like yeah. I think he had like 12 or 16 kids. Oh, and I, I might be wrong there. It might have been closer to 10. But that's still a lot. Either now. way. They had a lot back then. But... He was the postmaster for that area, and we had the Cybrant Post Office, um, the Cybrant School, which was started early 1900s and went until uh, early 2000s. The Cybrant Church recently had its 100-year celebration. There were a couple hundred people there. I mean, it was it was quite spectacular. There's a Cybrant Cemetery, and I mean, if you're going by on Snapchat, it'll show up as a, like the nearest town is Cybrant. I mean, it's just, but I mean, that's that's. Crazy. that's it's neat, but it's like nothing really special. Right. Because if you go out to any rural area, um, like there's townships that where people like there used to be a lot more people out in like the country than there are today mm-hmm. because they could make it work. Um, you know, you used to homestead. You got what 160 acres and uh, your homestead claim. You could live off of that. Well, you can't really. You can't make enough money to really support a family off 160 acres today and so like with going back to the whole technology thing you know technology has increased how efficient that we can be mm-hmm. there's like producers yeah. farmers ranchers yeah. I, I, yeah I grew up on a farm and I saw that I saw it happen very quickly like big difference between even when I was just a little kid and now mm-hmm. it's crazy that's insane I mean I think it's it's kind of I think a lot of people choose not to live in the country too just because of convenience yeah a lot of people just don't want to deal with ultimately the outdoors honestly I know a lot of people our age (laughs) that don't they want to live in an apartment because they don't even want to mow the lawn we had a, like, I don't know if it's a laziness or oh, if they're just yeah, like that must be. scared of the outdoors or what, that's, but it drives yeah, me nice. insane. In, in one of my classes, I have an exchange student from Belgium, mm-hmm. and he only was able to bring one suitcase full of clothes, you know, when he came here this semester. And um, it rained the other day before class, and he was like, well, we don't have, we don't have, uh, I didn't have a rain jacket or something like that. Mm-hmm. And... We said, you better be getting something soon, you know, because it's going to start getting cold. And I can't remember exactly what comments were made, but he didn't think it was going to get all that cold, you know. But um, I, I told him that it would get down to negative 35 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, he didn't know what that was in Celsius. Oh. Well, that comes out to be about 
negative 30 degrees Celsius. He's like, holy crap, what the heck? Yeah, like, he didn't, cold. like, I mean, Nebraska's a brutal place. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, why do you think so many people went crazy back in the day and only the crazy ones stuck it out and they're still here today? <laughs> well, so, like, last year, didn't it get to, like, negative 20 or something like that? Uh, yeah, like, standard it, it temperature. Got but it got, like, negative 50 or negative 60 with the wind chill. Like, and they still didn't cancel class. <laughs> nope. <laughs> they <laughs> oh make you walk class no matter what, dude. Yeah, we can tell our kids someday or like descendants whatnot it's like back in my day when I used back to walk to school <laughs> uphill uphill both ways uh, uphill both ways <laughs> through three feet of snow oh, yeah. fighting off the the was it the abominable snowman <laughs> yeah. you know yeah yetis funny. no Aaron that's awesome man you're you're an interesting individual yeah, yeah. like I said you have a lot of fun facts I think you'd do good in trivia that's oh, what I think. Yeah. Do you do trivia? Have you ever done trivia? Uh, in high school, we did... Because uh, you should start. We did something. I can't remember what the heck it was, but we made it to state and something. You know, this... Quiz Bowl? Yeah, Quiz Bowl, yeah. Yeah, quiz, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you'd be good at that stuff, man. But, eh, I'm, I, not, I'm not like that. For me, personally, I just, like, stick to one subject, and that's it. Really? Not as well I thought I was stuff. like that, and then I... And then you then I listen him. to him talk, and I'm like, oh, I'm it's an like, idiot. I don't know anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we didn't talk about this enough. Your 13 tractors... <laughs> yeah, what? Bro, like... <laughs> well, they're all gonna, old. Like, they're all super old I, tractors. I, I was going to be... Uh, I was going to stick with the Dirty Dozen, but then I got stuck with on the 13. <laughs> you know? I mean... Dirty as back, from, brother. back in my hometown back in my hometown <laughs> yeah I mean um, this though. older gentleman gave me a tractor from 1928 because he kind of knew I was into history you know I mean history's neat and he just didn't want to see it get scrapped mm-hmm. and then essentially it snowballed from there like people were like oh you like old stuff well I happen to have an old thing here take this so it doesn't get scrapped and that happened, and uh, here I am. And I mean, wow. yeah, I just have a lot of shit. I need to get rid of a lot of it just because. Do you think it'd be easy to sell all those old tractors? Yeah, it would be. You think the market's I mean, yeah, big enough for it? The market, the tractor market. <laughs> um, <laughs> Literally, though. I mean, it's not as big as it used to be. Well, of course. Because a lot of the people that. Because you took grew, it all, but. Yeah, I took it all. <laughs> a lot of the people that are interested in that old stuff, like, they were interested in it because they used it when they were a kid. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're when you're a kid, you you use this equipment, then you grow up, and then you what I want to say, you progress. But then when you get older, you want to have that feeling that you had when you were a kid. You know, it's like I used to have one of those back in the day. I'd like to get another one. You know, mm-hmm. but that that den- that generation has died off essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is there are still a lot of collectors out there, and I mean you can see stuff sell on auctions and whatnot for good money um but you can honestly probably even i don't know if museums buy uh, that much but they, they definitely take donations oh uh, sure. okay and i mean 13 okay. tractors take up know. a lot of space <laughs> yeah no i kidding. don't know i mean they're just how do you have the space for it all just make it oh okay just throw it on the lawn somewhere <laughs> yeah do they all run one does just one yeah but I mean for what I have into it I mean it's not bad like yeah they're, they're projects but as you can tell I'm, I'm someone that gets started with a lot of projects but then I I want to seize the opportunity of another thing that comes along as well and then it just it just all snowballs <laughs> and I mean so then you're just stuck with a bunch of projects yeah <laughs> 
It keeps you busy, though. It does. It, keeps it you does. Busy. It'll keep you going for a while. All right, dude. All right, well, you killed it, bro. Yeah, man. You, uh, just, thank, you, thank you for coming learned. on. You yeah. got us learned, man. Like, wow. I still, I'll probably have a lot of questions for you in the future, man. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about... We talked about guns. We talked about guitars. Didn't really talk about a little bit of art. You like deadlifts. I do like deadlifts. You like watching guys deadlift. No, I like watching. (laughs) You're making me me sound like a stalker now, or something like that. Uh, uh. No, I Aaron. Yeah. Gun enthusiasts talking yeah. about Gun guns, guitars, and barbells. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Thank you so much. It's great so to much, be on man. here, and you know, I think I ought to leave this off with a, a good old grand oh thing. So, 